Welcome to ICUP with We. This is an ICP podcast by a new listener and an old fan from back in the day. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing 1993's Beverly Kills 50187. You're listening to the ICUP with We podcast. What is up, everybody? Thank you for coming back to yet another episode of ICUP with We. Yeah. Um, it is a great day a fantastic sunday uh i am here with my co-host with dare i say the co-most eric eric how we doing uh you know i think we're doing good i'm doing well sounds like you're doing well you know we're we're making our way in the world today it takes everything you've got we make do we make do uh how how have you been i've been pretty good um you know same old same old since last week working we are uh in the midst of hyping up our ep ballista is that is next um, week right yes next saturday six days from when we're recording this about four or five days from when you'll be hearing it if you listen to it the day this episode comes out it's coming out and it's it's coming out hard a Saturday release. Yeah, Saturday release. I didn't realize it was a Saturday release until I actually looked at the calendar. What did you pick that day intentionally or like was the number significant? Uh so we were talking about when we were going to release the album, the EP, and uh and River said, "Let's just release it on the 23rd." And I said, "Okay." And everybody else said, "Okay." And there was no discussion other than that. Oh, just purely arbitrary. All right, yeah, fuck it. extremely arbitrary. Saturday. Um, now, it is going to be cool because that is Memorial Day weekend, so it'll be a long weekend for people yeah. um, who are still working. And I'm actually taking the next two days after Memorial Day off, so I'm going to have a five-day weekend that weekend. Um, so I get to consistently scroll through social media just hearing everybody <laughs> eviscerate our EP. Uh, I think it's going to be the other way around. I and, hope uh, so, yeah. I, I know for one, um, Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to go listen to Cream of the Crop and post very nice things on the internet. Please do. I need it. Everybody uh, my, should do My it. ego needs it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, know, I know exactly what you mean by that. Uh, but uh, uh, speaking, speaking of, of posting nice things. Uh-oh, segue alert. Uh, what was going on? Oh, whoa. Whoa, whoa. I was just going to say, speaking of posting nice things on the internet. Yes. Uh, did, you know, I know you, you issued, I don't want to say a challenge, but maybe an offer right. to, to listeners. Did we have any takers or anybody that maybe wasn't a taker, but did give us a nice score on, on the iTunes? Nothing yet. Uh, nothing yet. We are, I, I checked this morning as I was doing my final listen through of today's EP. Uh, yes. And we have actually two five-star reviews, uh, one of okay. which is from myself. Uh, I don't know who the other okay. one is from, but there we don't we don't have any uh, like typed out reviews yet. So, well, so I was thinking about this, and I think it's a wonderful incentive to say, "Hey, look, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Write uh, a nice review, say something cool, and then 
you know, DM us and, and give us your handle and we'll, you will jugify a picture, but there might be people that are like, look, I'm a little shy. I don't want a picture of me out there. Uh, you know what? That's, that's not a necessary thing. We don't have to jugify you, uh, unless you want it to happen. Uh, but if not, you know, we're happy to give you a shout out either on the next episode or even maybe we'll just send you a really nice message back. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be a jugified photo of yourself if you don't want it to be. We can uh, we can just chat and tell you how fucking cool you are or shout you out or whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But absolutely, Eric. This is a dialogue, you know. We're we, this is back and forth here. Will we want to make this mutually beneficial? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, what else? What else do we have going on? Do we want to get into uh, the year that Beverly Kills released, nineteen ninety three, or do we have anything else we should cover off on? Uh, I saw that y'all are close to eight thousand uh, EP plays on Spotify. I just wanted to congratulate you on that. Oh that's well, sick. thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. So. Uh, we're just over a, a week away, uh, or actually a week past the release of uh, Promise Nothing, and the the plays and listens and feedback has been awesome. Um, so a big thanks to everybody that has. If you haven't listened, uh, it's on all streaming services, uh, Hollowed Out. Album is called Promise Nothing. Go jam it. Yes, definitely jam it. It is sick. I'll tell you, there a good portion of those plays are mine. I won't take credit for all eight thousand, but a good portion of those plays are mine. Dude, um, I'm so glad that all the plays aren't one person. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's kind of good news that it's not just me listening to it over yes, and over again, right? For sure. Um, but yeah, no, eight almost eight thousand uh, plays. That's that's incredible. That's a big feat yeah. for uh, you know bands as big as ours. Um, yeah. to get in the or, first week so or as relatively not big as ours as as it was. correctly yeah yeah i guess yeah. it should be we're more not big than we are big exactly um, so that's yeah so i that that's pretty much i just wanted to go ahead and, and toss out that congrats for you because i'm happy for you guys but other than that i'm ready to get into some 1993 hippity hoppity let's get into it i saw you know so this has become a very interesting process. It's not like, uh, you know, we listen to the EP once and then hop on uh, and talk to each other about it just randomly. Uh, I think both of us have started, you know, if something intrigues us or we want to learn something, we do a little bit of research. We look things up. Uh, so I saw that Vibe magazine called 1993, the year that hip hop conquered the world. And when I look at all the albums that came out, I kind of see why, although there are some that I'm like, well, there's some there's some hangers on from back of the day, back in the day, still trying, trying to capitalize on the new stuff. But some of these albums that came out, oh, my God, they're legendary. Oh, I'm seeing some legendary stuff. So so 1993 was uh, the hop heard round the world, if you will. Uh. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to force that joke in there. OK, um, oh, I, I wasn't sure if that was a. Uh, um, uh, like an original quote or one that you had read somewhere. Uh, no, I, I thought of it as you were talking. <laughs> I like it. The hop heard uh, around the world. Yeah. That's a historical reference. That is a historical reference. My dear boy. Um, the shot heard around the world, but, yes. uh, so there's some very significant, uh, hip hop albums in here. We got naughty by nature. Did, uh, 1993. 
Yeah. Hip hop. Hooray. Gotta love it. Tag team. Whoop. There it is. I mean, come on. One hit wonder, but that one hit wonder was freaking every, I I feel like I still hear whoop. There it is around. I heard it like on a television show a couple days ago. See, there you go. It's, it's still in the zeitgeist. Do you remember? No, you don't remember when that song came out. So that song came out (laughs) and it, it blew up. But there were two different versions. Tag Team had a song called Woomp, There It Is. And then an artist called 95 South had a song called Woot, There It Is. And I swear the songs were identical, but they were both out at the same time. And it was like, which one is bigger? Woomp ended up being bigger. It was just a weird dynamic. But I yeah, I, I, I don't remember when it came out. I no, was because you didn't exist. Merely come in my father's balls at that point. Yeah, uh, yes. You can definitely cut that out if you want. He, potentially <laughs> a, a glimmer in your father's eye. A glimmer in my father's eye. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, but, I, I I mean, I remember it being a popular song all throughout like my childhood, all throughout the 90s. Yeah, for sure. But I never realized there's actually two versions of it that came out, you know, relatively close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that, that's pretty. This simple. is. I'm looking at these, and this is a weird year because, you know, in 1992, we talked about this is the year that more hardcore and gangster rap broke through into the mainstream. And this year, we're seeing a lot of blend. We're seeing it was difficult to, you know, normally we separate out. Here's like the mainstream top 40 stuff, and here's the, you know, more hardcore stuff that wasn't as mainstream. And now all of this stuff, for the most part, had mainstream exposure, although that for this first grouping we're talking about, I think are the more top 40 hits. So, you know, Naughty by Nature and Tag Team, whoop, there it is. I'm seeing DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, Code Red, boom, shake the room. I remember Absolutely. that coming out and thinking, why, why are they still trying to make music? Those guys were a thing in the 80s. Why are they still trying? But this was like, they're more like hard edged attempt. Yeah, this I think this is kind of a, this was a, a an attempt at a rebranding from them. Yes, yes. Um, which was I mean it was cool. I, I remember listening to this to this release. Uh, yeah. I think I think I listened to it in like ninety eight or ninety nine, but I remember listening to it. Um, Hell yeah, Salt and Pepper, very necessary. Yeah, great. What a man. What a man. And uh, Shoop. Shoop. I so I remember. I'm not super familiar with Waterman. But I'm definitely familiar with Shoop. You're not familiar with What a Man, really? That's I feel like that was the bigger hit. What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Oh, a- okay, yeah. No, I am familiar with it. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to go through and and listen to the songs that you because because I'll go through and I'll I'll uh, refamiliarize myself with the albums, but I just need to yeah. start listening to the specific songs that you that you. Well, put that's like out the here. big singles there, like you know, right. Uh, Run DMC, Down with the King. That song is decent, but it was absolutely another, you know, sort of like DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. This was Run DMC, I think, trying to like rebrand themselves as hard asses in the more modern hip hop era. And I don't know if it worked, but I remember the song. Yeah, I uh, I remember the song. Eh. Um, we got uh, Shaquille O'Neal in the mix here. <laughs> well, Shaq Diesel. Super glad that you you went ahead and and put this down on our on our uh, outline for the episode. 
definitely yeah. wanted to to talk about Shaquille O'Neal's rap career. That was a real thing that happened, though. It's uh, I don't know how. I don't know why we let it happen, but it happened. It happened. It happened. But and, and then we got like uh, you know Onyx, Cypress Hill, Ghetto Boys, you know Ice T. All of these are people that we have talked about before on the on the podcast. Ice T, yes. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Easy well, Bone e. we haven't talked about. Oh yeah, Bone. But that's pretty significant. Independent debut album, Faces yeah. of Death. Uh, I think that's the one that got them noticed by Eze. Uh, and and after that, they they blew up like pretty big within the. You know what? We're going to talk about them in the coming you know episodes. I think the two biggest, most significant releases in hip hop that year, as far as pushing the genre forward, have to be Wu Tang Clan, Enter the Wu Tang. And Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. Oh yeah, Doggy Style. I mean, come on, come on. Those those are 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 both just absolute. I mean, Gin and Juice. Let's talk. I mean, and and the Doggy Style. I remember, dude. I can vis- vividly picture the Doggy Style album cover, and I haven't seen it in probably two years. <laughs> I could, I can absolutely picture it too. And I even remember <laughs> at the time thinking. What's the deal with this like weird hand drawn? What's the deal? What's the deal? Uh, no, you know what I mean. Like I thought it was, but it's yeah. it it's become absolutely iconic, right? It has. I mean, it, it it reminds me if you look if you look at it, it reminds me of the uh, the, the like the art style reminds me of those gas station like Bugs Bunny T shirts you can get, where Bugs Bunny <laughs> is holding like a Glock. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. You know I do. exactly the shirts I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, that was totally a thing for a while. Those, uh, you know, it was like Bugs Bunny and the Tasmanian Devil dressed as like Criss Cross or whatever. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yes. So, okay. So there was this uh, in the early days of Ballista, we had a, a recording space or a, a practice space um, yeah. at this place in Plano. And on the way there, there's this gas station. And I always stopped for a uh, Dr. Pepper and a Miller High Life at this gas station. <laughs> Did you mix them together? Did not mix them together. No, the uh, Miller High Life was for the practice and then the Dr. Pepper was for driving home. <laughs> um, oh. But I would always stop for a Miller High Life and a Dr. Pepper and they had a corner of these shirts. This, I mean, this, <laughs> this was in like 2017. Oh my god! They still had these shirts, and I like uh, that. and every time I walk in, I think, man, next time I have some money lying around, like some extra money lying around, because that was when I was like super broke, like scraping by. So yeah. I, I, it was like, okay, I have five dollars on Tuesday. I need to have the same five dollars on Thursday so I can get my Dr Pepper and my Miller in my life. <laughs> you got to prioritize, man. <laughs> got to prioritize. So, um. Yeah, no, I I I remember walking, every single day. I was like, you know what? Next time I I have some money laying around, I'm grabbing me one of them shirts because they are hilarious in the year of 2017. But it never happened. Finally, uh, got the money together. But at this point, Bliss hadn't practiced for like a couple weeks, so I haven't been to the gas station in a while. Uh, finally, I was like, you know what? Bliss is Bliss is practicing tonight, and I just got paid. 
and I don't have a credit card bill to pay this month. Yeah. I'm getting one of these shirts. They remodeled the gas station, took out all the shirts. No. I know. I was so upset. I was so upset. Oh, it was man. probably the biggest letdown of my life, if I'm being <laughs> of your whole life. Of my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you could still find them online. Oh, I'm sure you can, but it's just there's something about buying it in the back of a convenience store. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's just you, you, it doesn't get better than that. So uh, anyway, we're we are way off topic right now. Well, sort of, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I think I had one of those Bugs Bunny and Taz shirts at the time. Uh, but a, a few more albums that were significant came out that year. You know, we've been talking on each episode about alternative hip hop. That year, we got the the debut from The Roots, who mm-hmm. uh, prior to being on Jimmy Fallon were like legit a real hip hop unit. We had uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapiens, No Need for Alarm. And then an album that I know is near and dear to you. Extremely near and dear to me, A Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders. Yeah. Let me tell you, Midnight Marauders, it's 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 definitely one of my favorite uh, hip hop albums of all time. It's got, I think I, I, I've touched on its, its bangers that it has um, in previous episodes, but Electric Relaxation, is one of the best uh, songs I can think of as far as hip hop goes. Midnight, we can get down. Award tour. Um, an- another really good one is Sucka Inward. Um, uh-huh. That one's great. The uh, the the pre the the pre verse to the hook. The and my lips is like a ooh up as I start to spray it. And my lips is like a ooh up as I. Oh my god, it's just so catchy. I mean, I can't sing that song at all because it is just the yeah, N word. But probably not. I mean, but you can listen to it. But I can, can listen to it, and, and I appreciate it a lot. But electric relaxation has uh, one of my favorite lyrics of all time. A couple lines. The first one is, uh, "Let me hit it from the back, girl. I won't catch a hernia. Bust off on your couch. Now you got Siemens furniture." <laughs> and it is just—it's hilarious. I don't know. It, it, First of all, if anybody anybody who knows me knows that uh, that like come and and jizz jokes are just like top notch. Um, that's it, right? That I mean, that's the way the pinnacle of of humor. It, it really is. It's it's the cornerstone of my uh, humor because uh, I am twelve. But well, uh, also, yeah. it's just so clever because Siemens Furniture is like a it's like a big furniture company, and then they just like. I don't know. It's 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 extremely clever. It's I, a clever semen-based play on words. Absolutely. Now, it, which is the best play on words, by the way. Um, yes. Now, so A Tribe Called Quest, everybody knows they're very near and dear to my heart. They're one of my favorite groups of all time. Yeah. Um, and, and this album has some of my favorite songs of all time. So I definitely, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Midnight Marauders and have a quick convo about them. So... Well, well, there we go. I, I think that's that's important to sort of acknowledge and recognize where our musical tastes lie, uh, which actually gives me an opportunity right now to talk about one that I definitely remember liking back in the day. And I went back and listened to some and I still dig now. These next three uh, albums I put on the list strictly because they are from local Detroit rappers. So we have Kid Rock, the Polyfuse method. Mm-hmm. We had House of Crazies, Home Sweet Home. Now House of Crazies is 
the they went on to become twisted, which become very significant in the oh. whole, you know, juggalo mythos in the future. But the one that that I really liked back in the day, uh, Isham released Kill the Fetus that year, which is really just one of the most darkest, aggressive, like almost like I didn't think it, I was allowed to be listening to it. And I was way more than old enough to be listening to it at the time, but also sort of set the tone for how dark and aggressive music was getting at that time. Yeah, no, I, I remember uh, before last week's episode, you actually sent me um, a couple songs off of that release. Yeah. And uh, and I actually, I enjoyed them so much. I ended up listening to the full release on my own just because it was, I mean, they, it was some sick songs. Yeah. Yeah, how do you, how do you feel about Isham and sort of I, I I do think as far as hip hop goes, that was very dark. It most definitely was dark. Um, I I, I kind of got the same feeling that you did when you were listening to it for the first time back then. Is wow, why I I don't think I should be listening to this. <laughs> yeah, pushing. I mean, it was pushing boundaries in '93 definitely still feels that way somehow so i mean if my mother found out i listened to it i would get so grounded <laughs> that's what i'm today saying. as a 25 year old man and that's i think that icp kind of felt like that back in the day too uh so so there you go setting the stage 1993 a lot was happening in the world of hip-hop oh yeah oh yeah um and and without further ado maybe we should go ahead and uh get to the review did not mean for that to rhyme at all but it did i liked um, it <laughs> beverly kills 50187 what do we know about this ep well here here's one thing that that we know this was their first ep as insane clown posse it came out in july of 93 so nine months after carnival of carnage and even though there's only six tracks. There are clearly 12 separate songs. Well, like eight or nine proper songs, two or three long interludes. So there's a, a actually a pretty decent deal of music here. Another interesting thing here, something I never knew. Uh, we talked about, you know, the, the third member of ICP, John Kick Jazz, who departed during the production of Carnival of Carnage, right? Correct. Well, for this release, they actually replaced him with Greasy. And that was a fan that they had met earlier in the year. And they were like, you join, take his place. He's only on two tracks here, but uh, after this EP was no longer part of the group. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about Greasy. Uh, first of all, fantastic name. Yes. Um, for those of you who do not know me well, know that um, I go by Gristle. So, uh, on occasion, so I feel like it's very greasy is very kind of close. Yeah. In that same vein. So I, I, I I respect the name, but I, and then I saw him on a couple tracks while I was reading the, uh, the, the EP lyrics and it was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. His verses are good. good. Yeah. His, I also like his delivery and tone. Like we can talk about it when we get to them, but I, I was actually, actually my favorite line on the EP is his, and we'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, The only other thing I've got here is that the cover was drawn by two dope who also designed and drew most of the covers for all the other jokers cards and the logo for psychopathic records, which is kind of cool. That's amazing. So Aaron, what were your overall thoughts here on this EP? Um, Overall, 
I think it was great. So like you said, the first, you, you know, you can clearly split up pretty much all the songs into either two songs or a song and a short interlude. I think a lot of that shit could have been cut. Could have been. Not going to lie. A lot of that shit could have been cut. It was a little bit of a rough listen, uh, but there was some there was some redeeming qualities that, that I liked. Uh, I feel like overall, and I don't want to tip my hand too much here, but I feel like overall the beats have gotten better yeah. from them. Um, flows are about the same, if not worse in some songs. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but the beat has, the beats overall have gotten a lot better. Um, yeah. I feel like musically they're finally stepping into their own with mm-hmm. carnival of carnage and then expanding on that here with Beverly kills. Yeah. I, you know, I, I would agree with you on pretty much everything you said, but I'll be honest. Some of this might be just nostalgia. I really, really like the CP. Uh, I, I think to me, especially now after, you know, we're into episode five, now we've listened to four other releases. Mm-hmm. This is for me when they sound like ICP. I feel like every element of this album is superior to Carnival of Carnage on the whole. The beats, the production, most of the flows, and even the cadence of the album is better. It's it's still pretty sick even listening now. Uh, something I do want to acknowledge, we've talked about this a bit in the past, something that I think surprised me listening, and I don't want to necessarily harp on this, but I think it's worth as, you know, two very socially conscious individuals. Uh, there is some, I would say, homophobic language, specific words used on this album that I didn't remember standing out to me back in the day, but listening to it now, I was like, wow, I didn't remember that being there. So I think we can both say we're not cool with that kind of language, probably doesn't even need to be said, but rather than you know getting hung up on it in each song, we're going to acknowledge that this is an unfortunate aspect of hip hop culture has been for a long time. This sort of insulting of, you know, people's manhood by calling them an F slur or whatever other things. Uh, We're not cool with it. It's mentioned in songs. I think if you listen to most any more gritty underground album back then, you're going to hear stuff like that probably still today, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like it, it, it was definitely rampant back then. And even in the underground stuff today, you might even still hear it a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. There's an interesting article about it, uh, on homophobia in hip hop music on Wikipedia. It's worth a read. It's short. Check it out for yourself. But yeah, I can uh, I can link this article in our um, on our Twitter is what I'm trying to say. So I'll, I'll, I'll link this article on our Twitter. Y'all can read up about it. Uh, pretty short article. Very informative, though. Um, but yeah, let's I, I say let's not harp on it. Each song. Let's just up top say, hey, some of the things they say suck. It's not cool. And we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Cool. So let's get into track by track. What do you say? Yeah, I'm down. So uh, first track, uh, Beverly Kills 50187. Yeah, so we technically start with a song called Kiss the Clown, which actually has a name. It's not listed on the album, but it's sort of like an intro track. Yes, yeah, it is. Um, That first half of Beverly Kills, I wasn't, I mean, the the beat was chill, and I liked the beat. I thought it was cool. Um. I didn't really like the lyrics. Yeah, it was was a weird beat, but I was kind of vibing with it. Now, I do want to say before the beat kicks in, the jugglers come out to play, 
Yeah. Uh, that little reference of the Warriors. I love that. Loved movie. it. Yeah, I yes. love that movie and 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 listening to them do the jugglers come out to play. Yeah, was sick. It was um, cool. Yeah, then the beat kicks in. Chill beat, kind of good. Wasn't too much of a fan of of the lyrics um, on this first half of this song. What do you have but anything else? Yes, go ahead. There's something very important about the lyrics to this. The very first instance of the word juggalo. Correct. Yes. He says, come see the wonder, the show of your life. See me breathe fire and swallow a knife. Right. I ain't swallowing nothing, Jack, but I can juggalo like you never thought you'd ever know. Yeah, that was, uh, it's very important to note that that was their first instance of juggalos, especially now knowing what juggalos are going to be in the future. Um, But like I mentioned in our first episode, that word in that use has nothing to do with being a juggalo or juggalo being a culture he's using it as sort of a you know I, this is going to sound weird you're throughout this album i noticed a lot of adding o's to the end of words Joker in order o in order to like rhyme that. yeah right um so it was it was kind of like remember when snoop dogg had the izzles everything was izzles yeah yeah, yeah like, definitely i feel like putting o's on the end of stuff was kind of a thing they were doing i don't know why just to aid the rhymes but it was clearly saying I can juggle like you never thought you'd know. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically let's add an O to the end of juggle so we can rhyme it with no. Right. I bet, you know, violent J wrote that lyric, added that O and thought, yeah, this is fine. And then boom. Now we're talking about it as a a significant line. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently there's a story that um, in 1993 at a show, obviously touring on on this record he he referred to the audience at one point as that and he was like they loved it so it kind of became a thing that he would say and it quietly grew and i would say it wasn't until the late 90s or early 2000s that the concept of being a juggalo really blew up but this is where it started so there you go amazing Amazing. So let's get into the real song here, the actual track, Beverly Kills 50187. Yes. Um, so when this beat, when the beat switched to this beat, I was digging it. Dude, it I, was love, fucking I love great. this beat. So good. It was fucking great. That that uh the hook, um, which was uh playing off of the sugar sugar song. Yes. Uh sugar, uh honey sugar. Yeah, just behind. Looping. Yeah, oh man, it was fantastic. I yeah, I really enjoyed the second half. Um, Did you catch that the the beginning of this song of Beverly Kills? We'll count this as a separate song. Is actually a reworking of the lyrics from the, the beginning of Your Rebel Flag. Yes, yeah, yeah. Stop the bus. Stop the Violet bus. Violet J comes, Jay out, comes yeah. out. Barrels to your face and blow your fucking face off. Yeah, yeah. and it's actually it's actually annotated on the lyric sheet. Uh, this is very similar to the first lines of the song, Your Rebel Flag. Yeah, because um, I think that one is stop the bus, Violent J comes off barrels to your chest and blow your fucking lungs out or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, so so genius.com is actually doing my thinking for me. So I'm glad, I that, love they were, that. I'm glad that they're there. Yeah. Um, so this one, it's telling a story, right? They fall asleep watching, which was very popular at the time, Beverly Hills 90210. Mm-hmm. And they have a dream about enrolling at the high school and killing all of the main characters. Correct. 
I think the whole song is actually pretty cleverly written and it's funny and it's kind of messed up. Yeah, and, and you also get more uh, instances of adding O to the end of of uh, words. Yep. Uh, rich boy never seen a getter joker O slap yep. you in the head with a sledgehammer O. Yeah, see, that was a thing that was going on. Yeah. I have literally had this song stuck in my head for a week and I've gone back to listen to it a few <laughs> times. It's good, uh, man. It's it is. pretty good. It's, it's if wild. this was a separate song, if Kiss the Clown was a separate song, yep. this might be my favorite. But I'm trying to look at it as the entire piece of work. Kiss the Clown and Beverly Kills, all is Beverly Kills. I kind of wish they had put Kiss the Clown as a separate track. This would have been probably, if, I, if I'm looking at the songs that I consider to be just sort of... Uh, linking tracks or you know interludes or something i think this is probably a, a 10 track nine or 10 track release which is not really yeah. an EP. no yeah not not yeah i agree with you um i think they but i also think they could have cut some of the interludes and made it you know cut it down to seven to eight tracks even if they split them all up yeah you know oh I mean? well, well there's definitely stuff and as we get to them that I think they could have left out, but correct. Um, uh, my so, favorite line in this song, though, is mm-hmm. at the very beginning. First day I enrolled at the high school, but naked with an axe. Wow, he's so cool. Stand up and say your name. Tell us about yourself. My name's too dope, and I cut necks all to hell. I I had that one written down as well. I thought it was I thought it was really fucking cool because that I mean yeah that's when they they hop in the dream and and all of a sudden they're at the high school and then. Dylan, Dylan, I'm trying to find Dylan. Finna cut his throat with a carny, carny killing. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I mean, I think this is a really, really good, uh, good song. It, good one. I, I, I would have liked it better if it was just the second half. Um, Fago reference number one, by the way. I, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, point that out. Was in. This I like song. that you that you count and call out the Fago references. I think that's important to note. Yeah. So I and, and I got the rest of them all throughout the. Uh, the EP here as well. So I will keep I believe uh, calling them out. That references bust him in the head with an empty Fago bottle. Yes, it is. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I, as soon as I turned this on, I was like, oh man, I think I listened to this a lot back in the day because <laughs> I, I, I know all the words. Okay. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, 17 dead. So my first um, note when I was writing down uh, my thoughts on this song was, Piss and farts, hell yeah! Because of that <laughs> intro, where there's he, a sketch at the beginning, yeah, yeah, where he basically just wakes up and takes a piss and then farts while pissing. Yes, um, and then uh, it sounds like somebody throws a bomb through the window and blows yes, him up. Yeah, so verse one is violent jays. So this song lyrics were kind of whack, in my opinion. Um, you think? Yeah, I wasn't. See, a huge I had fan opposite of notes. One. Mine said beats just okay, but I think the lyrics are where this one shines. So let's 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 look at our two separate sides of this one. Definitely. So I don't know. I just feel like this is just another song where they're just talking about how they're going to kill people. Ah, uh, it um, is, but it's also not. Yeah. Let, let, let me hear your thoughts on it. There's a lot of subtext, and some of it's pretty obvious when you pay attention. This one is very much keeping with the themes of Carnival of Carnage. I think it's about, it's using a lot of sort of 
euphemism and painting pictures to illustrate concepts, but it's it's about how the people in the ghetto are sort of second class citizens to politicians and the government and rich people. There's lines like, wait a minute, wait, get your head on straight. I drop 17 tears from my eyes every fucking day. I got to wonder if they do. Should I burn the rebel flag or the red, white, and blue too? I can't do much, but they can. I will say that lyric that you just said, should I burn the rebel flag or the red, white, and blue too? I yeah. did. I liked that lyric a lot. Um, it, di- it didn't hit me until the first chorus, 17 dead in me barrio that it was just like the themes of Carnival of Carnage. Yeah. So I, I I can respect it. I think that, so number one, as we talked about before, the number 17 became significant to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is a song where they're accepting and talking about their current status. And they're sort of saying, don't, do or don't you care about the 17 dead? And it's right. not... It, they're not literally talking about 17 dead people. They're talking about themselves and the people they know and the people around them. I love the line, drive down my street and stare at folks that can't make ends meet. You don't know it now, but that's the plan. Most people in hell were rich when they died, man. Amazing. Yeah, that's that's sick. Um, so on the surface, beat's just okay. Lyrics kind of sound like, eh, I'm just talking about dead people killing people. But I also think there's a lot more to it. Yeah, if you dig into it or, or you know... As a fan of ICP's music, if you dig into it, you kind of realize what's going on. But if you come at it as somebody who just is listening to an album, doesn't, you know, not really an ICP yeah. fan per se, they're just going to say, oh, another violent song. Let's move on kind of thing. And I will say on the surface, it's kind of a boring song. It's not one that grabs hold of you right away. Right. So, eh. What about, what did you think of uh, the song that came directly after, Inktown Posse, which was actually released as a separate song on a later compilation? So where where exactly is that? Is that um, when the freestyle hits? Yes. It's like that freestyle that doesn't have like a, a real beat. It's just like chanting and a clap and like some 808 drops. Yes. Okay. So first, before we move on to that, Fago reference number two was in 17 Dead. I like to drink Fago out in front of Scotty's. Um, so that's, that's Fago reference number two on the EP. The freestyle came in, um, that we're calling Inktown Posse. Yep. That's actually the real name. I I love, it was good too. I love if there's a booger in my nose, I'm a picket. (laughs) Well, well, you know, violent J's kind of wicked. If there's a booger in my nose, I'm a picket and then classic and flick it in your eye. Like you ain't Jack and stomp my boots on your nutsack. Why that specific line has been stuck in my head since the first time I heard this. I think about it all the time. My name, my name's Violent J. I'm kind of wicked. If there's a booger in my nose, I'm going to pick it. And I'm like, that's so dumb, but also awesome. I loved it. I loved that freestyle at the end. I, I wrote I do down. I loved it. I liked Shaggy's. Uh, I'll run with the carnival until I'm 80 because tonight I'm going out with the fat lady. I'll strip the bitch down to the nitty gritty, but I ain't saying shit about her one titty. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I really like I'll be running with the carnival till I'm 80. Yeah. Because I thought, man, this is literally him saying, fuck it. I'm doing this for the rest of my life, which I love. Yeah. that. I fucking yeah. love that. And he I mean, how, how old was he at, at this time? Do you would you surmise? 
Well, let's see. Uh, their first release was in 89, and he was like 15 or 16. So this would have been five years later. So he's probably about 20, 21 at this point. So he's calling his shots. He's saying, hey, I got you know, 50, 60 more years of this. Yeah. That's I like sick. That. That's great. I love that. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And, and that, that freestyle was, was super sick. Let's move on to The Stalker. The Stalker. Uh, I love how this track starts. I'll just say that. Yeah, um, it, I think the start of this track was was pretty cool. I agree. What do you think of the beat? I think this beat is just okay. Yeah, the beat's beat was fine. Um, so my first note is: is this this just about them following a woman? Yeah. So Turns I think this one is is pretty much all. Well, no, it's so it's two things, and this is something that, if I remember correctly, we're gonna see recurring. This is Violent J like interacting with a voice in his head. So Two Dope is doing some like you realize as you go, Violent J is telling the story of, you know, he sees a woman, he starts to follow her, he becomes a stalker, and the voice in his head is saying, you know, he's saying, I, I think that she likes me. And the voice is saying, She tells you to fuck off with such class. I, I think that she likes me. Yeah, go and get that. Get that ass. You know, like Yeah. So that you're right. I mean, I th- I think that's it was clever because it, it shows Violent J, yeah, talking to the voice in his head, which was voiced by, you know, Shaggy Two Dope, which right. was was super sick. I, I agree with that. I and, and it you don't really get that until you get to the first chorus, but right, and until you get to the end, it doesn't really sink in. That's where it really hits you, right? right. Uh, because he starts talking back to it because the the chorus is like talking, and he's going, "No, no, she doesn't like me. No, you know, yeah." Um, I think the thing that surprised me about listening to this now is how it paints a picture of a mentally ill person and the effect that it's having on the woman that is the object of his stalking rather than just a funny messed up song about being a stalker because there's all these interludes where you hear a woman being sort of interviewed about a stalker and you you're hearing his perspective then it's it's kind of strange how rather than making light of stalking, I think it's actually trying to bring some attention to it, if that makes sense. Uh, so, I th- yeah, I think it's bringing attention to a mentally ill person who has a an unhealthy obsession with another individual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually really liked the the woman's parts because sometimes she's responding and he goes, uh, there's one part where he's like, I'm Violent J, I'd like you to know. And she goes, Violent J, the country singer? And he's yeah. like, no. Yeah, it was it's funny. pretty funny. Uh, so I liked I liked in the first verse, uh, something that stood up to me was, um, what, what, you know, in the first couple lines when he says, oh, uh, how about a date? Two tickets for the circus, pick you up at eight. And she immediately gets uh, hits back with, fuck no, you're a loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think and was delivery of it's awesome. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and and also like I I thought it funny that it was like, hey, let's first date, let's go to the circus. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. which also obviously keeps up with the clown theme. But I just thought there's no way in anybody's right mind you would take your first date to a circus. I mean, maybe if you're Violent J, you do. So if you're, yeah, if you're Violent J, hey, all for it. I think this album and this song made me realize something that i never recognized before there's a a sort of paradigm shift in their attitude toward women 
on this release. You know, I know that on Carnival of Carnage, they had made the decision, we're getting away from gangster rap, where, you know, but I think that attitude and mentality was still very much on there. In this one, they're not nearly to the extent that they were before talking about senseless violence toward women or belittling or hatred toward women. Now they're still talking about women and there's still some stuff that's eh, probably a bit, but it's not the same attitude. I don't think. Yeah. There's uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this entire release because it, there wasn't any, I didn't find any overall like senseless violence towards women. Right. Um, there is some light misogyny here and there, Yeah, um, but Again, it was 1993, and they were in their 20s at this point. Um, So, Fago reference number three happened in this song. And also, I noticed another song about hanging out with a woman with chicken. (laughs) That that? That night, I snuck in her back dough with a bucket of chicken and a bottle of Fago. (laughs) So, I got a real good kick out of that. And so I yep. went ahead and and wrote, and wrote that down because I remember the the chicken line from last last episode that we loved so much. So yeah, I wanted we, to write. That you down. know, I didn't even catch that, but it absolutely aligns with it. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah so that so that verse is actually finally Violent J has stopped following her and now has gone to the point of breaking into her house. Yeah. There's a there's like a line where he's like peeked in a window, jacked off in the backyard, something like that. Where's that line? I don't uh, remember. I don't remember any jacking off lines. Really? Huh. Yeah. No, I, I must have missed that one. No, it's that I again, I don't have a lyric sheet in front of me. Anytime I'm quoting lyrics, it's out of my memory. But I'm pretty positive that that's a line scan scan through. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll scan. So actually, while I'm scanning for that, I did want to. uh go over some lyrics that I thought was really funny. Uh, it was when violent J runs into his, the woman he's talking at the supermarket. He says, yeah. Oh, hi. Hey, that peanut butter sucks. You wouldn't like Jiffy. It ain't got no nuts. Why don't you try these? She ran away scared and I'm staring at her butt cheeks. So clearly he whipped out his, his balls in the middle of a yes. supermarket, <laughs> but also what a pickup line. Even oh, like fantastic. Jiffy, it ain't yeah. got no nuts. Uh, and actually, okay, here it is later in that verse. Yeah. Um, tick tock, tick tock, tick, no luck. Peep through her windows, jack off in her backyard. Yeah. Someone, somebody pulled a Joker's card. See? Yeah, that's, that's I knew, good. I, I completely there. missed that. I can't believe I missed that. That's hilarious. Uh, this song had some, some good lines as far as, you know, just fun. I mean, I wouldn't call whipping my balls out in a grocery store fun, but no, no, I, mean, I think it's hilarious. There's some funny stuff there. I will say, uh, stalking real truth, true, you know, stalking is a real thing. It's terrifying for people that encounter it. Uh, I do think on some level here, they're making light, but also they're being pretty serious about it, which actually leads me to the interlude. And I don't know if I, left this note in there for you but the interlude that follows the stalker actually has a real phone message left on the answering machine of violent jay's then girlfriend by her ex who literally was an obsessive stalker yeah so um i i you did leave that in there for me and that is actually awesome that they used that uh they used a real phone message to bring this 
very real, you know, threat to women to life. It's like the 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 sample of the phone message is equally funny and sad. Absolutely, yeah. It's kind of a cool. I think the beat is kind of cool. It's a cool interlude after this song. I'm okay with it being there. It feels a little long. So I, I like so that interlude that you're talking about. Um, I like the first line of it, which is I also like to blow holes in the heads of rednecks. But I don't yeah, there's know like where a little that sample. comes from, though, because it, it's not it doesn't tie into any of the lyrics before that. And it doesn't tie into any of the 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 outro, the voicemails. I thought the same thing. And I always remember thinking that's a cool line. But when I listened to it now, I was like, OK, song about being a stalker interlude that's got, you know, sort of the stalker sample in it. But in between, I also like to blow holes in the heads of rednecks. Um, right. Where I feel like they found that sample and they were like, this is cool as hell. We need to use this somewhere. And they were like, well, we need a sample here between these two things. Let's drop it in there. It yeah. doesn't really fit, but it's a cool sample. It's random, but it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the uh, the second track song, four. track four, In the Ha. In the Ha. Um. So the first half of this song, what you get, which, which you, I, you know that it's that. just a guess at, at that title. title right. So. This is the only one that didn't have an actual title that I could find online. Uh, it's got a really sick, weird beat. It kind of, to me, sounds like a machine throwing up, but like in a good way. Yeah, I wasn't super. Yeah, the, the beat was it was fine. Um, it wasn't terrible. They've had way worse beats. Yeah, um, it's different. It's, it's weird. definitely different and weird. So um, this is a two minute long song track. I don't have too much on this first part um, of the the song uh, of in the ha. The, the only yeah. the only note that I have about it, I think it's okay. It's it's a, a slow sort of track. It's more like almost like spoken word. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. The one thing that stood out is too dope says i live in a big pipe on zug island and later on at some point there's a band that signs to psychopathic records called zug island and it's like a like a rock band like radio rock metal kind of like a little bit butt rocky but i think zug island was like an industrial waste sort of producing like industrial park in Detroit. I'd have to research it. I don't know, but it's the first instance of Zug Island, which I think you hear more throughout their albums. So I'm, I'm looking up, um, Zug Island on Spotify right now. It's so weird. uh, So actually nobody annotated that on this lyric sheet. Hmm. Usually people are pretty good about that. So Zug Island, uh, Island spelled with a Z instead of an S is the artist. Yes, of course. Uh, their latest release was in 2018. What? They're still, really? yeah, they're still kicking, I guess. But uh, they they appear on a lot of different, um, like Psychopathics from Outer Space, Part okay. Two, Hatchet History, Ten Years of Terror, um, Grand Theft UFO. They appear on a lot of a lot of different things on. Uh, on so here's the refer, records uh, compilations, but here's the other side of that. I just looked up 
Zug Island, the location spelled mm-hmm. with an S, not a Z. Uh, Zug Island is a heavily industrialized island within the city of River Rouge at the southern limits of Detroit in the U.S. state of Michigan. It is located where the mouth of River, Ru- River Rouge spells into the Detroit River. And looking at the picture, it is literally just all industrial. And right next to it is Detroit water and sewage. So, Oh, wow. So, yeah, if you live in a big pipe on Zug Island, it's not a good place to be. Nah, I'm good. Uh, you can, yeah, you can miss me with that. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, we've probably given that track more time than it deserves. Let's move on to the actual song here, In the Ha. Yeah, so In the Ha. Um, golly, if, if I'll be damned. I love this bass line in this beat. I thought, I thought the same. I'm like, this is a slow, minimal beat, but it's literally somebody playing the bass and like go, fucking going to town. I mean, and it is, it is fantastic. As a bass player myself in Ballista, I found it just downright enjoyable that we have a nice groovy bass line yeah. in a song. Final. Yeah, I thought it was cool. So In the Ha is clearly uh, in the house. They're saying in the house, but uh, yeah. this is the one that has my favorite line on the EP, and it's a greasy line. Oh, okay. So I one of my favorite lines off the EP, one of my favorite lines off the EP is on this song, but let, let's hear yours. Okay, so in Greasy's verse, he says, I'm Greasy and I can moonwalk, but I don't because that shit's so fucking played out. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. That was in his, his second verse. Uh, okay. He appears on the on verse one. Um, He appears briefly. I don't know which line is his, but uh, yeah. verse one has both has all three violent J shaggy Two dope and greasy. Um, yeah. Greasy's also got another line that I think is significant here. And I'll tell you why later, but he says standing on the corner, but naked hurt and fruit loops. Mm-hmm. He's talking about eating fruit loops that comes up again later. And we can talk yeah, about it. When we it get to it, it does. It does. We, yeah, well, I, I have that noted here. Um, so, one of my favorite lines is a Shaggy Two Dope line this week. Um, it's "Get off me, dog! I'm shit faced." I mean, I ain't got shit on my face, but you know. <laughs> yes, and then there's a following line that he's like, "My mind ain't nothing but a lemon." I mean, it's fucking yellow and shit. Like, it's funny that he's like using metaphor and then explaining that he doesn't actually mean what the metaphors mean, and it's yeah, it's clever. It's hilarious to me that, that he did it twice in, in one verse. And then, like, yeah, after, I mean, it's fucking yellow and shit, uh, the next line is, I don't know, man, fuck off. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's great. The line you just said is an important line because not only is there a song on Ringmaster, the next album we're going to re- uh, review, called Get Off Me, Dog, but... Um, in one year from the release of this shaggy Two dope releases his first solo EP called fuck off. Hmm. So I don't know. So, maybe, okay. maybe he liked that line too. Weird. Maybe. I don't know. So okay, I have a bit of trivia here that I actually just found out. Okay. So it is credited on this song on genius.com, the guitar, which I can only assume they mean the bass line. Yeah is credited to a, a man named Chris Conley. Yes. If you click on him, you can see he is also credited for multiple Say Anything songs. 
a, a couple Bayside songs and a uh, Forgive Durden song. Do you know who Forgi- Forgive Durden is? I don't. Okay, so Forgive Durden is Emily, my wife. She loves Forgive Durden. They had a, a album called Razia's Shadow that is actually a musical album. It tells an entire story, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so he he's actually he's on a lot of saves the day um releases he's on a lot of say anything releases he's he's up there man so uh, you know we talked a couple releases ago about mike clark the producer yeah who had worked with tons of bands and was you know already well relatively well known i know that along the way he brings in you know, musicians and stuff to work on tracks that, you know, sometimes stick with them and keep doing more or collaborative. I wouldn't be shocked if that's how that happened. If, you know, Mike Clark was working on producing a track and was like, Hey, can you do something on here? There is guitar work in it as well, especially when the song ends. So there's the bass and then there is some sort of strange guitar noodly stuff there so i right. bet he played all the guitar tracks on I, i'm song. sure he did and, and, and as you're saying so um you mentioned mike clark i have a note written down about him here as well so um in the outro shaggy two dope does a classic uh shout out verse pretty much um, yes southwest is in the ha greasy is in the ha e-dog chris uh, and then there's a question mark, but you can only assume they're talking about Chris Conley since that is who is doing work on this song. Um, yep. Is in the ha jump steady hammer. Mike Clark gets a shout out as well as Brotherhood Recipe, which is another Detroit group. That's pretty cool. You know, my next note was actually about that shout out verse at the end of the song because he says hammers in the house and then he starts going hammer, hammer, <laughs> hammer. Is he talking? To, is he making fun of MC Hammer? I you you have to assume. I have no clue, but I, I, I kind of thought too. the same thing. I always I thought, thought that might have been thing. it. Yeah. So in the ha, a fun a fun track, uh, not a deep track. Just I think like let's get together, let's write some clever verses and do our thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing too deep about it. Nothing. You know, there's no deeper meaning to this song. It's just some guys getting together having a having a good time it's like a anti-brag track correct track yeah pretty much yeah um so next song here chop chop featuring isham and this is the only one that doesn't have any additional songs or interludes on the track it's a standalone song correct man i feel like this beat is cool as fuck the hook is cool to me this is the obvious single from this release Yes, this song was great. Yeah, I loved rips. the beat. The flows were were good. Um, they had some good stuff in here. I I had I, I mean listening to the first you know four songs, it was a yep. bear to get through the halves of those songs that weren't actually songs. Then we finally get a song that is just a song and nothing more, and it, I loved it. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. This one is a, a banger. I always thought it was. Um, the trade-offs between Violent J and Esham in verse two, where they're like picking up each other's lines and going back and forth, yeah. I think is super sick. Yeah, that was that was great. So um, let's let's track back real fast to um, uh, one of my other favorite lines on the album, which is uh, 
and the officer let me off quick. Here's a Duncan double dip, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> yes. Which was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. I love that line. It was, it was very fun. I actually rewound it to hear him say it one more time. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely some good lines. I feel like this is a really aggressive in your face, like confident song and the beat is driving. Like, I feel like this one, this one is, this is a hot track right here. Oh yeah. So the chorus is actually sampled from an ice cube song. The right, swing, the swing, 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 chop, chop, chop is sampled yeah. from the song Horny Little Devil off of the album Death Certificate. Uh, so then there was a reference that, that you tried to uh, pimp me into talking about uh, through text, but I didn't <laughs> really pick it up until this morning, right before yeah. we recorded, when I was actually reading the lyric sheets. Uh, a Steakums reference. A Steakums. So I've been known to enjoy heavily steakums and i still yeah, do man. but yeah so uh detroit's air is toxic my eyeballs popped out they sockets and fried in the streak like a steakum pop pop shake them bake them great uh man i'll tell you when i was a kid every once in a while dinner would be steakums and my mom would fry up like onions so you'd have caramelized onions and a slice of like you know american cheese mm-hmm. with steakums I- I mean, I wouldn't eat it now, but I remember loving it back then. Dude, I remember uh, one night late after a six deep recording, yeah. uh, I had some steakums. Jonathan and I were were still drunk. I had some <laughs> steakums in the freezer, and I made us some uh, some beef and cheddars, my own version of Arby's beef and cheddar. There you go. Well, that's kind of uh, what my mom it was made too. Delicious. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, so I, I actually never thought about adding some grilled onions into that bad boy, but. Oh, man. You got to do it. So much like Steakums, I heavily enjoyed Chop Chop. Same. I I liked it a lot too. Uh, I We probably don't need to say a lot more about this one. Like, I, I've I run think, out of. No, the last one was the Steakums reference on me. Yeah. So I think I think the song rocks. It's. It's. It, it they they do everything right with it. So we've got one more song after this. It's called Joke Your Mind. Thought provoking intro skit. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, um, I agree. It's like uh the the intro skit is basically somebody shooing a homeless man away from their car. You make it look bad. It's basically like having no respect for the homeless population. Yeah, it, my, nobody's gonna want to come into my store and spend money if you're out there, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know you uh, you've got you've got that homeless man sort of talking to himself as he walks away, and he's like, you know, I'm out here freezing. You know, you're laughing at me. I'm like a a clown making rich people laugh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm out here making people laugh. Rich people laugh. I suppose it's funny to see me out here freezing my ass off. I yeah. can sleep now. Ain't nobody taking that away. So um, this is a, another track where I believe somebody is escaping their reality through a dream. But in this one, it's somebody trying to or sort of escaping the, the harshness of their reality. And the song has such a chill vibe. It's there's some interesting lines in this one, things that I think hit me hard then. And I, I still think resonate now, you know, talking about things that feel very real. You know, uh, I can fall in love like that. In my world, she loves me back. Yeah. It sounds like a lame line, 
when you hear him say it in the context of the song, it feels like you could almost relate to it. It's it's another aspect of you know uh, what they were going through at the time. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then we also have that that second instant of uh, Fruit Loop in this song. Yeah. What's um, the deal with Fruit Loops? I I don't know. I that's a good question. And but, I don't think they're talking about like you know somebody might call it this person's crazy. They're a Fruit Loop, but both times they reference eating them essentially. Yeah. So pour a bowl of chocolate soup. Serve it with a Fruit Loop. I, Maybe that's a good thing. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I wish we had a little more insight into that line, uh, especially since it comes up, you know, Fruit Loops come up multiple times in this, yeah. in this EP. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 strange. But uh, then we go on to the chorus, Jokia, Jokia, Jokia Mind. I, yeah. like, I like the chorus of this one. I like the line, I can breathe the magic mist and exhale your every wish. Juggle a jump from cloud to cloud, ring them bells, ring them loud. I, I like that a lot. Do um, you think at all that they are referencing dying and going to heaven? So I think they very well could be, especially with the fact that they referenced hell uh, yeah. earlier in the song. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think they very well could be referencing dying and, and going to heaven. Maybe he's dying in his sleep, this homeless man. Maybe. Well, I mean, at the end... Uh, they they bring it back so they oh, that that's sample right. yeah, from he, the beginning yeah. the skit comes back you're right wherever he went to sleep and had this dream that was the song somebody's like you know basically firing a gun in the air saying get out of here right um now this song very chill beat there's an extremely long outro which was the uh the stalker it's the exact same interlude just without the sample correct yeah so uh, why it, is it, that it was, there that I have that exact same question. So in the outro, I, I was reading the lyric sheets on, on one of my monitors. I was listening to the song. I had Spotify pulled up on the other monitor and I get to outro. And I think this is a long song. There's no way that I've listened to seven and a half minutes of this song so far. Cause I mean, this song is, is over eight minutes long. Yeah. And so I thought, yeah, this is, this song is eight minutes, 31 seconds. Um, and the outro happened almost halfway through the song. Well, it's two minutes and 30 seconds. I, I actually like, I was like, wait, how long is just this interlude outro? It's two minutes and 30 seconds. That's insane. Yeah. Cut yeah, it. I, I also feel like that track and the way it ended with that skit coming back out would have been a perfect end of the album. You have chop chop, which is like high energy. Then you go into this sort of chill, like bring it back down to earth sort of song. It would have been a perfect end. Why put the interlude at then? Yeah. The gunshots cut it. Yeah. Yes. The interlude is so unnecessary at the end. I don't get it. It's definitely one of those things that we referenced earlier could be absolutely cut out. Yes. And you would lose nothing. From yeah. this EP. You'd gain. It would be better without. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you would gain. It, it, exactly. That's kind of my thoughts on on that song. Do you have anything else for this song? No, I think that's... Uh, so I, think I, I enjoyed it. this song a lot. I did too. Um, I just didn't have a lot of notes written down on it. Same. I think it's a good track. I like it. I like the, uh, the, the honesty and sort of straightforward nature of it. I thought it was cool. Absolutely. So I, I think... 
I have a good idea of what two songs yeah. are going to be on our playlist. But Eric, you want to go and hit me with your favorite? Uh, technically, I have Beverly Kills written down first and then Chop Chop. So I, I guess I'm going to go with Beverly Kills, even though it's got the additional sort of intro track at the beginning. But I like Beverly Kills. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I won't argue with that one too much. It's actually different than what I thought. But I won't argue with that too much because you're right. Even though it has that weird intro, the song kicks in and it's it's pretty good. It's a it's yeah. an enjoyable song. Personally, I think no surprise here. Mine is going to be Chop Chop. That's a good pick, and I'm glad you picked it. I was actually in between Chop Chop and Joke Your Mind, but I, because yeah, Joke Your Mind has that long, long interlude, that two and a half minute long interlude that is just absolutely unnecessary. I got to go with Chop Chop. Yep. You can't. You, there's no way it would have made. Because I thought about that too. Joke Your Mind is. I wrote three of them down. Beverly Kills, Chop Chop, and Joke Your Mind. But the reason Joke Your Mind is after the other two and wouldn't be one I'd pick is because it's got that huge interlude. And I don't want to put it on the playlist. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I agree with you. Now, let just to give you all an update on this playlist, which you can find in, the, um, in our bio of... Uh, our, our Twitter account, just to give you an idea of how long these songs are on, on this EP. This EP has six songs and it comes in at a cool 40 minutes. Yeah. Our playlist has eight songs and it comes in at 34 minutes. <laughs> so the, the, uh, the playlist is going to get a lot longer. The playlist is going to get a lot longer. So, um, so. yeah, so we are now from basement cuts all the way through Beverly kills two songs off of each release. It's actually starting to come into it's, it's starting to actually be a playlist rather than a just a short collection of songs. Yeah, it's like a real playlist that you could actually turn on and jam now. Correct. So we put we put Beverly Kills and Chop Chop on the playlist. Yes. Let's talk about our scores. Uh so I'm going to go ahead and start with music and beats. I got to give this uh, a four and a half Fagos out of 5. I debated this one. Uh, I was going to go, I was like, is it a three? Is it a 3.5? Is it a four? I think, especially listening to the previous stuff and even listening now to some of those tracks that I'm like, if this came out today, I'd think this was a sick beat. I also gave it a four. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this is the first, this is definitely by leaps and bounds, the highest we've given music and beats Yeah. for, for a, an ICP release. ICP, congratulations. Maybe we'll get to, a, to a straight fives all the way uh in man, later releases we'll see but but i loved i mean and that man that baseline bumped it up from three and a half to four and a half for me 100 percent. yeah it was great yeah i i really enjoyed it um, nice lyrics and flows uh not the best they had some good stuff in there i think greasy's flows might have been the best on you the think? album yeah uh, there was some good stuff there. There was some good stuff. There there wasn't all good, wasn't all bad. I'm going to give lyrics and flows a 3. Okay, I went 3.5. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't think it was quite a 4, especially knowing some of their other stuff after this that I think gets a little tighter. Uh so uh 3.5. Okay, nice. Yeah, and honestly, I think that's the highest score I've given lyrics and flows if i remember correctly maybe tied with the highest i think yeah i think you might be right vibe at the time of the release 
Uh, it's very hard to go with, you know, not be biased, especially when, with so many fantastic releases coming out, um, this year, I gave it a three as well. I mean, okay. it was kind of just there, you know, it, it wasn't genre changing and it wasn't life changing, but it was in there, you know? Yeah. So I, I would agree on some level. I actually think for the time, this was them more coming into their own, finding their sound, good production, and standing out as different from most everything else that was going on at the time. Right. I gave it a 3.5 because I don't think they were quite ahead of the curve yet, but they were they were getting there. So with all of our scores together... This is a 3.5 overall. I honestly think that might be the best score. It is the best score. It is, is it? Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's a it's a good score. So there you go. 3.5 Fagos for Beverly Kills 50187. Amazing. Congratulations, Beverly Kills. Yes. That was great. So C- congratulations. What has it been? Seven, 17 years? No shit. How long has it been? <laughs> I mean, longer 20, than that. 27 years 27 later? Years. Yeah. Oh um, my God. Wow. It just occurred to me that we're listening to 30 year old albums. Yeah, we are. Wow. Oh, I mean, wow. It's, uh, it's funny because so okay so next week's episode we're going yes. to check out 1994's album Ringmaster which is the second Joker's card yeah 16 songs coming in at an hour and 10 minutes of yep. pure obligation <laughs> uh, so uh uh this one Ringmaster this I I feel like you know they talk about the Joker's cards and the sideshows and stuff. I don't think they they fully had that plan when Beverly Kills and Carnival of Carnage came out. But it's very clear that by the time Ringmaster came out, they're like, we've got a plan. We know where we're going now. Okay, so I'm looking forward to how they handle that. Then that's going to be great. So let's uh, let's talk about. Where people can find us. Where can people find you, Mr. Aaron Locklear? Uh, you can find all of my stuff at www.locklearcomedy.com. Um, that's where you can find everything that I'm doing, everything I got going on, YouTube channel, all that. I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash gristle media every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, so come hang out and do that. Uh, Eric, anything you want to plug? Where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Nuclear is Lonely. Uh, you can check out Hollowed Out's Promise Nothing right now on all streaming platforms. Uh, and I'm doing a bunch of other stuff, but nothing that I really want to talk about here. So why don't you tell us uh, how to find the podcast online? Perfect. Uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at uh, our Twitter handle is at I-C-U-P-W-W-E. Um, that's where you can find when our shows are coming out links to that, as well as sometimes we'll post some fun articles about uh-huh. ICP. Uh, like I said, I'm going to post that, that Wikipedia article there later today. Um, and you can find a link to our playlist 
there yeah. as well. So enjoy the playlist of the carefully curated dulcet tones of ICP. Anyways, <laughs> Eric, if there's nothing else, I want to give uh, oh, one more thing. Sorry, I'm a terrible oh. host. One more thing. We mentioned it at the top of the episode. If you want to drop us a review on iTunes, it helps us out a lot. If you want us to jugify a photo of you, hit us with your handle. If not, we can shout you out. Whatever you want, just let us know. We definitely want to give credit where credit is due, but keep that in mind. Yeah. So if there's anything else, yes. By the time the next episode comes out, Ballista's Cream of the Crop will be available to listen to on all streaming platforms. Make sure you jam it. Yes, thank you for plugging my band for me. I'm a terrible band member. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got your back. Hey, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Anyways, if there's nothing else uh, for Eric, I am Aaron. I want to give a big whoop whoop uh, out there to all of our fans, and we will talk to you next week. been a gristle media production yo this tea tastes like cigarettes does it like for sure yeah that's uh, this, uh, now that we talked about it that's all i can fucking think about when i taste it <laughs> that's weird that's hilarious it is weird maybe that's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing maybe people who like to smoke would be like fuck yeah this tea is dope